Welcome to the latest episode of the Brush Builders Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brush Builders Union, Simon Berman. This month, I'm joined once more by one of my favorite recurring guests, Shoshi Bauer of Shoshi'sMinis.com. Shoshi's been doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, you may have heard her earlier this year on this podcast as part of our episode 50 uh, roundtable podcast back in the spring. And then she originally appeared on the podcast back in January of 2021. And uh, Shoshi, thanks for coming back. I know you've been up to a lot of cool stuff since then, and I'm stoked to talk about all that. Hey, thanks so much. And hi, brush wielders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you you may be my, my most recurring guest now. Maybe Dave Taylor might beat you out by one, but you're, you're up there, certainly. That's cool. Yeah, you're always, always doing cool stuff, so uh, excited to hear about it. And I think in particular, one of the things you've been doing is you've launched your own miniatures line. Yes, and, and this I'm actually... Um, about to release the pre-order for my fourth mini in yeah. a series of seven. Oh, it's a series of seven. Cool. I didn't. I didn't know how how big yeah. that series was going to be. But yeah, these are really cool figures. Thank you for sending me um, a, a review copy. Um, it looks very sweet. I'm going to be putting it together in the next couple of days myself. So if you're on brushwheelersunion.com or on our socials, I'll share it there as well. But um, yeah, it's uh, a figure called Cat Daddy. <laughs> uh, and he is uh, in your series of 54 millimeter uh, models that are, quote, designed with the female gaze in mind. Yes. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll just a little bit of intro here for, uh, for your line. Um, let's see. You said uh, this limited edition miniature of a half orc challenges traditional fantasy tropes of orcs by representing this gentle, sweet side of men. So many people ask me for a mini with a dad bod type of build and ask me to have him with cute animals. This model represents a large swath of men who may not realize that other people requested not only a model that represented them, but that celebrated them. The pre-order will be open for four days from Thursday, September 28th to Sunday, October 1st. So uh, if you're interested, get on it then. We'll have links in the, the web, in the show notes and so forth. But yeah, let's talk about the figure or everything you've been doing. Yeah. It's very cool. You said that so nice. It sounds so great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just reading your, your ad yeah. copy. So, <laughs> But it, I mean, it, it just sounds like a little commercial. I was like, yay. You know? <laughs> No, and I really, um, so the first three minis were definitely me meant more for um, for women to buy. Now, I did have lots of men buy the first three, but this fourth one I really feel like will be even more popular with men mm -hmm. for the reasons kind of you just listed. In uh, it's an adorable figure. It's got a lot of, you know, it, it's a it's a half work with a belly as many of us uh, middle-aged gamer guys have. Yeah. Uh, with a kitten on his shoulder, which is a, and, uh, well, I don't have a kitten, his, but I have to have a very yeah, large cat on my shoulder. Uncle too. He's got two cats. Oh there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely a relatable sculpt for, I think many of us out here. Um, and in fact, you know, I, I'd seen some people talk about how excited they were to see a figure that, you know, did show themselves off in a, in a miniature, even if it is a, a display figure. Um, yeah. So pretty cool stuff. Well, and the other thing is again, like we don't really get to see male miniatures being gentle. Or, yeah. or really any miniatures being gentle for the most part, but yes, you're I mean, definitely we males. Women, we see women more than, I mean. Yeah, that's, know, that's true. Smelling flowers and, you know, that's, that's a thing that's usually reserved for, for females in, um, in women and, uh, in fantasy. Yeah. But there, there really isn't any reason why we can't see it for men as well, especially because, I mean, there, I mean, a lot of. A lot of the men in my life were like our sweet, lovable guys, you know, and mm -hmm. when, 
um, when I think about what I like to see in a fantasy miniature, I, I want to see some of that reflected. And part of this mini series was challenging the, the tropes that we already always see over and over and over again. And so I was looking at what parts of men are we not seeing that we could yeah. be. No, I think you've succeeded here for sure. You know, I, I can't think of another miniature even remotely like this in terms of, of its content. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's very cool. So this is the fourth in the series, correct? You have, uh, yeah. you have three others that are available or maybe sold out in some cases. Yeah, well, so I still have my demon librarian up in the shop. Um, I have a limited quantity of those. And when they're done, you know, they're, they're all of them are limited edition. Yeah. And they're, um, the best way to get them is to get on the pre-order mm -hmm. um, because that's why I do pre-orders is because I didn't want to carry inventory. You sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the demon I thought would be a lot more popular and it kind of came out during a low economic time. Mm -hmm. So people um, didn't buy as many of him on the pre-order as I thought he would. Yeah. So I went ahead and I ordered some more because I knew people were going to be like, once they saw him being painted up, they were going to be like, oh, I really want one. Sure. And the angel, I have like one or two, maybe two copies left. Yeah. And the, the merman is completely gone. Uh-huh. Like, but the good news is, is that once I release the whole series, once at a one at a time, I'll be re-releasing the entire series together as a collector set. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And there will also be some little extras and stuff with that. Right like I've already hired an, um, an author to write a story about one of the models. And I'm thinking I want to do that with every one of them and have like a little anthology about them. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, a really great I, idea. If I, had, if I had pie in the sky money, I would love a game world developer to, um, like if I could pay somebody to develop a, um, like a module or a, you know, some kind of um, playable Pathfinder or, you know, D&D mm -hmm. &D world for, for, for these characters. Yeah, that'd be very cool, you know. And um, and so just to be clear, so they are, these are fifty-four millimeters. So they're they're a bit larger than you know the average gaming model, right? They're yeah. probably like four or five inches tall, somewhere around there, three four inches. Um, I think three is probably closer. Yeah, yeah, I'd say three. I and guess fifty-four millimeter. That was that was the uh, the old scale for Inquisitor, wasn't it? I don't know about Inquisitor. I think it was. Yeah, that was uh, the Games Workshop. They briefly made a large scale. Um, very RPG-driven okay. uh, miniatures game in the early 2000s, which has some very beautiful skulls, but I think they were roughly the same size, and I think they were 54 yeah. millimeters. So it's, These are it's very a... similar to the Judgment Mini size-wise. Oh, sure, yeah. If that makes more sense. Yeah. So I've made, And I've, I've let my Patreon people vote on what they wanted, um, and I let them pick. They chose 54 millimeter because it was in between the kind of like... Um, scale like scale 75 type of this um the s display models and the yeah. gaming models right. some people were more into gaming and so they were a little intimidated by a really big size mm -hmm. and this was just like kind of the perfect um entry level into painting display minis yeah no that makes that makes a lot of sense i love the yeah. um the extra stuff with them i love the the 
your demon librarian pretend I love that he comes with a with a, a big um you know seat and a, yes. a bookshelf. It's so cool. He has his own little Chesterfield chair. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. He he comes with this bookshelf, and then he, he, that's also why he was a little bit more expensive than the others because he had all this extra resin. Yeah, of course. He also comes with a choice of two heads, one with glasses and one without. Oh, cool. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. I know it's it, all three of all four of these sculptures. They've, they've, they're just oozing with character. So you know, what is the process like for you? Your you know, how do you take them from concept to sculpt to uh, to production? You know, as a as a small operation. That is a really great um, question because one of one of my goals is to get more women, um, people of color, and queer people to make models. So so we get more representation. Sure. Of different different kinds of minis and so i'm all about sharing my process and so what i have done so far like so i was originally just going to use my commission money to kind of seed this and i was still doing twitch when i kind of decided i was going to do this um and somebody talked me into doing patreon and i just decided to do that as a um support model only so the people wouldn't necessarily get stuff they were supporting me as an artist and sure. they get to be part of the community that yeah. does that um and so um i have a discord you know they can be on but anyway they get to vote on a lot of things to do with the models um so they're also you know somewhat part of the process as well and so then i took you know, some of that money from the Patreon. And I found a concept artist. So the first thing I wanted to find a concept artist is because when you can have a very clear picture of what you want, then the sculpting costs way less. Right. <laughs> right. Because you don't have revisions as much. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can point to something and go, this is what I want. And I managed to find a, a, an illustrator who was able to do like, she's a she can do concept art so that means she can do the um the, the the image but in like four directions which i think is kind of rare for mm -hmm. so she can kind of think in 3d but do it in 2d that's cool and so i also decided to use her art for the art cards that come with the models as well mm -hmm. um because i kind of um um model myself after kingdom death and after lucas pina pinochet okay so they both he P, lucas has like little tiny moo cards with a you know something like a little sign numbered and it has a picture of something and yeah um kingdom death obviously has art cards right and um oh the other thing is all of my artists um are women so my concept artist is a woman and my sculptors are women. And obviously I'm the art director. My casters are a mix of men and women. Mm -hmm. And my box artists are all women. So, and all my influencers as well. Very cool. So we got the art card done. And then we take it to the um, sculptors and my sculptor kind of will tweak that art and put that kind of her own spin on it. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, on the half work, um, 
I don't think it was in the direction in the four directions, but she gave him like butt dimples. And I was like, Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And then we, we added little cat balls to one of the cats to make oh, it, no, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it's, too, it's almost too small to see at 54 scale. Yeah. But. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little things like that. She adds. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then, and then okay. so, so then she sends me the STL and I had decided not to release the STL in any form um, because it's not my art. Sure. And I know a lot, of, like I probably could have, I have to look at my deal with her, but um, my, you know, I know a lot of people when they do STLs and stuff like on Patreon and stuff, then there's telegram chats full of people bootlegging the STL. Yeah, sure. And I could, I would probably not have an issue if it was my own sculpt. Mm-hmm. But it's not, so I didn't want to do that. That's fair. Um, and so, and also, it kind of takes away from the whole limited edition thing, which is its own business model, right? <laughs> and I mean, I realize like I'm setting myself up for recasting, but it's probably, you know, it's probably going to happen. Maybe I'll know I've made it if I get recast. Yeah, it was, I was about to say that's a sign <laughs> of success, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But it's also a way to kind of make a collectible too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. You know, it's very if you if you buy this model, it is supporting this project in a very tangible way. Um, yes. You know, and I, I have nothing against STLs, and there's certainly you know a huge market for those, and I'm glad it exists. But not everything needs to be part of that, in my opinion. Right. Um. So, so then we have that that printed out by a friend of mine in the United States because my sculptors are my sculptor and my illustrator are both in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um. And so then my friend prints it for me and sends me the test copies, and I make sure that that looks okay. And then if we need to do rev- revisions on that, um, then and I might I have to go back to the sculpting part again because. Before we even, um, actually, I got to go back to the concept. So yeah. what I do is I will have my idea of what I kind of want to do because I'm doing six, or sorry, seven demi-human male minis. So demi-human means they have like animal parts, right? The half-orc is actually the only humanoid character. Oh, really? He, he's technically not a human, a demi-human. Mm-hmm. So the angel is, the demon is, he has um, goat hooves and horns. Oh, sure. And the merman obviously has a fishtail. Right. And the angel has bird wings. Um, so I gather a bunch of, you know, references and I send them to my illustrator and then I, what we've been doing, we didn't do this originally, but I highly recommend it if you, if you, if you do get an illustrator is ask them to do a thumbnail page. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is it's a whole bunch of little ideas, sketches, kind of thumbnail size is what they call it, where they just kind of creative, create on paper a whole, you know, using the references you kind of thrown at them. And then you can go in on that and go, okay, pick this element from this and that from this. And I like this pose and this, you know, 
and it and again it speeds things up a lot yeah it's, speed is is good because speed is cheap yeah absolutely <laughs> and also i mean and it, it's saving you like f- future like real revisions too right yes, like you, you know you're, exactly. you're you're kind of cutting that off at the at the past yeah and it is so collaborative it is the way i kind of describe the whole process for me is like painting but using someone else as my brush interesting does that make sense like yeah I'm, no that's well said I'm, it's all in my brain like i've got the whole image in my head usually or i'm like i said i'm pasting together the thumbnails you know to get the final piece um so like then we'll take that to the sculptor and I will give her all the same references as well. So she can kind of come in on the whole process and realize where we were going mm-hmm. and what we're looking for. Um, because the, the references really help her to see things in a 3d sense. It's yeah. better than just having the art card. And and I am very picky because I, I kind of have it in my head what it needs to look like. And that's something else I think that producers need to do is, um, know, you know, know what you want, be confident in that and don't be afraid to ask for it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I usually, my, thankfully both, my sculptor and my illustrator charge me per project, not per revision. So they kind of have an idea of um, how long they're going to spend on it. And, and both of them do tell me, like, I, th- I think it's done, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, which sometimes means I'm, I'm done working on this. Right. Sure. And so then I have to kind of wait, well, do I need, you know, what do I need that's left? And then, if I, I try to get all that in, in the notes that I give so that, that they can be really done the la- after the last thing. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't want to burn people out either. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I've, I've been on both sides of that. I've definitely uh, been burned out and burned out a few people on my publishing projects and so forth. So, yeah. 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 It's uh, it cuts both ways for sure. Yes. And, um, so then we have it, like I said, we have it printed out and I check it and then I send the file to my caster and they have a guy who then cuts it and mm-hmm. so makes it into the, you know, the pieces that end up getting glued together when we get our models. Right. Um, and then so they print that out and then they do a, um, they make a master mm-hmm. with that and do a test cast. And sometimes they'll show me, they'll usually show me how they cut it before they do the cast too. Sure. Yeah. So, I don't and that, that means like, you know, you're, when you say cut it, you mean they're going to cut up like, you know, this leg is a separate piece from the torso or, you know, exactly. these horns are separate pieces, whatever it might be. Yeah. And they will do that, cut it in a way. So like, um, the sculptor is so good. She's, she hides the, where the cuts usually are. Like if there's a, like a wrist is a great place to cut. Yeah. You'll have like an armband that will right. kind of hide, right. Or a necklace uh-huh. will hide the neck cut, you know? So when you, when you open and look at the model that I sent you, it would be great like to check and see how she's, you know, how we've cut it. How so it's that engineered. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. 
Yeah, I find that stuff fascinating. I'm, I'm totally a giant nerd because I, I, I briefly worked as a metal caster at Privateer Press oh. many years ago now, so I, I have some sort of vague knowledge about all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. So then they will send me the master, and um, what I've been doing is having them send me um, extras so that I can send out promo models um, because they've gotten good enough that usually that first master is good. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and so then, um, I also, I pay for extra cleaning on my models. I pay a dollar extra a model to have them take off all of the sprues and all of like clean up the mold lines Uh because I really want people to have a, you know, a higher end boutique experience with mine. So what you're saying is you're having somebody... Uh, take the production models. Uh, they're cleaning up those pieces that the customer gets, correct? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. And, it, I think yeah. we've all had, you know, we bought a 3D printed model or something that had a lot of the, um, you know, the uh, structures and so forth attached to it. And then, you know, it's maybe a little fiddly and, we're, you know, we have breaking something. So it's cool if you're taking some of the, the sting of that out. That's great. Well, yeah. And so they, they clean all that off before they even cast it so that the cast is as clean as possible. And then, then when they, you know, all the sprues and all of the, you know, you know, extra little pieces that go into making minis get cleaned up, then the final product is like, one of the nice things about my, all the minis in my line are that when you put them together and glue them together, you almost don't need to paint them. You could put them all in a shelf unpainted and they're, they're, they're gorgeous enough that and they like i said they don't really have gaps and things like that yeah yeah i mean just looking at the the three put out already um the uh wishing for a soul the angel piece you know it's 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 such a beautiful sculpt technically um and you know in that that white off gray it it, you know it looks like a marble sculpture almost yeah Um, and i I, you know i think of the four just on like a pure like technical sculpt one that's my favorite i think just because it's 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 really stunning it looks like a piece of classical sculpture um, personally, I, I think the half orc is my favorite, but um, yeah. But I, I love the just the composition and like you know the, the way you've really captured or your team has really captured that 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 you know Greco-Roman statue. Yes, um, kind of. It, it's it's awesome. It's a great 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 angel model. <laughs> um, yeah, I think every new model is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. They're all my babies. It's really hard to pick one. I'm gonna go with Cat Daddy as my personal favorite, but I think just from like a execution of the, I, I that yeah. that angel's really impressive to me. Yeah, yeah, he's very pretty. Um, but he, he doesn't was, have cats on him, so he's number two. <laughs> that was the goal with the angel is to make a really attractive, like a really attractive male model that was also vulnerable and, um, you know. Um, being thoughtful and introspective which i didn't see much and um you know finding attractive male minis that are not in a heroic you know what i call male power um pose Uh is really difficult sure so all of these and i had to teach both my sculptor and my um illustrator what i want um because especially this the illustrator because we don't because we see so much from the male gaze we don't even know what the female gaze is mm-hmm. and looks like and then when we do see it we're like oh okay you know 
<laughs> so here's a question. If, if you don't want to get into this, I totally understand. But would you could, could you maybe explain what you mean by the male and female gaze for our audience? I don't know if everybody, not everybody will necessarily be in, some people may be encountering those phrases for the first time. Okay, I will try. I'm not an expert at this. Yeah, and um, you know, this is this is this is <laughs> feminist theory stuff, right? So like, nobody's expecting you to give us the real academic thing. But I thought maybe it might I'll be helpful to like you, explain what you mean by it. Yeah, I'll give you the Shoshi take on it. There you go. Um, so um, almost all of our media is at least, I mean, most of it, right, is produced and created by men. We we live in a man's in a man's world. That's just kind of reality. Yes, women are involved in a lot of things, but it wasn't how things always were, right? So because of that, we have always kind of had a way of looking at things. And especially the fantasy genre was really, really created by men. Yeah, and certainly dominated by them until really quite recently, the last 20 years or so in many ways. Yeah. And so, um, so what we're seeing then is... So like when you think of Conan and you think of like the male archetypes that are in like D&D mm -hmm. and in the fantasy genre um and you can you can easily picture them right because oh, absolutely. illustrators show us what that that looks like almost always is what we're seeing is what men want to see in their fantasy men mm -hmm. because it's it was made for them originally and so I'm trying to show a different perspective that we don't get to see, which is what would it look like to have us be able to see some of these same, you know, ideas and tropes from a female's pers perspective that, sure. like, and, and specifically, I'm not even saying my words right, specifically um, for me, I wanted to show a, a more gentle side of men i wanted to show the emotional and beautiful side of men mm -hmm. because i wasn't seeing that and it wasn't something that men can really even give me because um it can't come from their perspective right <laughs> right i have i once had sculptors tell me i don't know what makes a man sexy uh-huh and then i was like well and i couldn't really understand that because i was like you know we all know chris chris hemsworth as thor is an attractive man sure. you don't have to be um oriented to men to notice that right so i don't know why he says he doesn't know what makes a man sexy so but but there are aspects of that that are true for him um so I was like, okay, so what does make a man sexy? At least I, I knew for me, it was seeing the emotional side, the beautiful side, mm -hmm. right? And because we have been um, socialized with this is what fantasy genre is, that we don't think about the other, you know, the other side of things. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Um, I hope that I hope that gave you at least a a glimpse. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a that's a great way to place to start that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I, a question I have for you in that case is you were talking about how you know when you're 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 talking to your sculptors, I guess your concept artists first and foremost, where you know that you're trying to find 
references for them, but you know, as you said, they, they don't really exist. So how, <laughs> how, how did you start creating references and, you know, what were the things you pointed to? Um, what were yeah. your, what were your sources? So the, the first thing, um, that I did was I tried to tell her what I was looking for. I said, I'm looking for to, to find a male angel. And the first thing she sent back to me was this um, angel with his arms crossed across his chest, feet planted. You know, it was very much a male power stance. And I was like, very, oh, no, no, no. square jaw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mean, mean face, right? <laughs> Right. I was like, no, I need him to, I said, these are going to be marketed to women and people who like men. And so what I need is to have, you know, kind of a softer face and, um, this more supine like, um, body. And so I actually found, I just Googled, um, sexy male angel <laughs> <laughs> to see what I could find. And I yeah. found I tried to find references and the ones that I found kind of had were really cool. They had like cool lighting and um, I finally found um, a few that kind of, I could, like I said, I could kind of mix and match parts of those images to get this image where I had. And Oh, and so I also had the idea that um, canonically angels don't have souls. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I told her, I said, I think I want him to be like in this moment of realizing that he doesn't have a soul and kind of being sad about it. Uh huh. So I had this sort of imagery I wanted her to capture, which also helps. Yeah. You're telling a little story, right? All of my, all of my sculpts are narrative. Yeah. And I think that's what really makes them also special because they're not just like none of them are just like an orc or just an angel or, you know, they're all are like they are all they're individual people like, you know, you could run into them and, you know, the Filipino people who um, they did a podcast about my model. There's this whole group of Filipino painters. I don't know if you know this. I didn't. And yeah, they have a whole community and they said. They said, this guy looks like a guy down the road, oh, you know, <laughs> my Filipino <laughs> merman. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the idea with all of my models there. And that's why I think I can have whole stories written about them is because they, they're almost slice of life. Yeah. You know, they're not just out fighting or going to war. None of them are going to war. You know, because I didn't mm-hmm. want to show that side. We already see that side. No, I want to cool. show. I want to show men being gentle. I want to show men being joyful, being intellectual, and being you know vulnerable. You know, in right. the future you'll see men being creative and being um, full of wonder, and um, being moody and angsty. Very cool. <laughs> No, I, I think it's great. You know, I, um, the narrative is great. I, I don't need to talk about that in a minute, but while I was thinking about all the stuff with the angels and you're talking about, you know, um, what do women find sexy and stuff. And you know, yeah. your, your, your angel is very, he's a very much a classic Michelangelo angel, right? He was yeah. that, 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 that real um, Renaissance uh, angel look to him. But I think interestingly mm-hmm. enough, you know, right now in media, if you look at the angels that I think every woman I know finds very attractive, it's, um, it's it's from Good Omens, right? Season two just yeah. came out recently. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've got Michael Sheen and David Tennant 
Um, yeah. We're both, you know, I think very attractive men in general, David but neither, neither of them in a classical way. Oh, maybe David Tennant is, but, you know, particularly Aziraphale, or Michael Sheen is Aziraphale. He's, he's a little, he's a little, I don't know, I don't want to say dowdy, but like he's a little nerdy and, and, and weird, he's not macho. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, and David Tennant's great in it, but, you know, he's, he's very skinny and tall and lanky yeah. and sinister. And I think we all know that that's a, that's a certain kind of attractive male trope, so right? Let's but, go back to that because David yeah. Tennant is extremely female gaze. Okay. Why is that? Go for it. Tell me. Well, let me give you another example that's a little easier to understand. So Thor is male gaze, but Loki mm -hmm. is female gaze. Okay. And that is why every woman I know has a thing for Loki. That's true. <laughs> yes, because Loki is awesome. Well, to be fair, uh, my, my partner, Nicole, um, she's not she's not into superhero stuff at all, really. And she, yeah. she didn't really understand the, um, the attraction to, um, uh, what's his name? The actor who plays Loki. Oh, yeah, I don't remember his name either. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> yes, Tom Hiddleston. And then she saw uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, and she was like, oh, I get it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where he plays a, you know, sad vampire. Yeah. But to, please, I don't need to interrupt you. To go, go right ahead. Speaking of sad vampire, my angel, if you look close, looks like Damon from Vampire Diaries. I'm not Super. familiar with that, but I, I, yeah. I believe you. I, it, it's funny that you say that, though, just because I had meant to say earlier, looking at your angel, he looks like he belongs on the cover of an Anne Rice novel. Yeah. Female gaze. Absolutely. A star is 100% female gaze. Sure. <laughs> Do you Are you starting to see it now? Are you yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Um, yeah. For sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's 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 very cool, and you know, but again, you know, it's interesting that you know those those two angels that are big in media right now, they're they're you know, undeniably angelic characters. And, you know, they're they're kind of a new angelic trope that's forming more or less around that show in some ways, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting that you know they're they're all three of those characters, you know, um, Crowley, Aziraphale, and uh, and your angel, they're all as you said, uh, female gaze oriented, but um, in very different ways, which I think is kind of fascinating. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we're not, you know, we're not a monolith. Women like different things. Some women like the angel body type and some women love the, a lot of women like the half orc body type. Yeah. And that's something that I think so many men um, are not um, prepared for. I don't think they realize just how much their own masculine box has made them realize like that um, women like, you know, soft boys, you mm -hmm. know, we do, <laughs> it feels protective. It feels cuddly. It feels warm. Right. And yeah. that's something that isn't shown too much in the media. No, that, that, that makes, a, makes a lot of sense. Um, so we can talk about this. If you got, got, you got the, you got, um, your half work coming out imminently um, mm -hmm. this coming week. And uh, you kind of hinted maybe some other stuff that might be coming out soon. Can you talk a little bit more about any of that or do you want to hold off the surprise? I'll, I'll, I'll hint about the next one. Yeah, let's do um, it. The last two I want to keep secret because they okay. are really, Fair. really special. So the one coming up after the orc is going to be um, an emo sculpt. He's going to, he's for my millennials. He is also for my skinny boys because he's bozzy, bozzy positivity for uh -huh. thin guys. Because okay. we have we have the dad bod, which is very popular, but we also have the thin bod, which was extremely popular 
you know, in the 2000s for, for men, you know? Uh-huh. And, and also he gets to be a little emo. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, one of the things that I realized while I was working on that sculpt is that emo crossed almost every demographic. Um, mm-hmm. it, there are black emos, there are Hispanic, Latina, Latino emos, there are Asian emos, there's every kind of emo all over the world. Um, and with like goth, right, that didn't have as many crossovers. And I realized that the singular thing that made that happen and what defined it was the internet and MySpace. Yeah. We didn't have that For sure. when, when goth and the crow and all that stuff was out. Um, but, but the internet was able to make emo an entirely, you know, unifying thing yeah. for people and the music at that time. And all of the people who I know who are gamers, either, not all of them, I will say that because somebody's going to be like, I didn't, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, they either like wanted to be emo or they were, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew a lot of kids who were like, yeah, my parents wouldn't let me, you know, <laughs> yeah. Or, um, you know, or, and a lot of the women are like, oh yeah, everybody had a guy that they thought was cute that they wished that would have been their boyfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, there was a couple guys that I talked to and, um, about, cause they, they are still thin and they talked about that, um, stigma of being thin and how they were also not able to meet the, you know, masculine um body type um expectations of society Uh and what that did to them and how they would and to see them represented is really it's just as special as you know the orc dad bod type sure you know very cool (laughs) so that's that's your tease of of what's next after cat daddy yes it's going to be an emo um, thin boy sculpt. I'm not going to say what it is just yet. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for that. So uh, we kind of talked about your projects and stuff, but um, what are you painting these days? Are you still doing lots of kingdom? I know you're doing lots of kingdom death because I see you painting it. But uh, <laughs> yes, I have a. Tell me I have, about it. I have a huge kingdom death commit commission on my plate right now, um, and I also just got my gambler's chest expansion after seven years. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, the, 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 it's starting to finally, um, the, the different levels of the Kickstarter finally fun, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I've, I've kind of been putting out a little bit of my own stuff and a little bit of my commission, but it's all kingdom yeah. death right now. But you love that stuff, right? I love it. I really yeah. could paint that forever. Yeah. Why? And I love the game too. The game is my number one game. And I just bought myself um, a second key to the, they have an online um, Kingdom Death um, simulator. Yeah. And so that I can get my husband, my husband doesn't like how the setup, you know, setup and takedown is very arduous to him. There's a lot. And so I said, what if we could play the game online? Because then you don't have to set it up and take it down. He's like, okay. And so. Nice. Maybe I can get him more into the game. Right on. <laughs> but 
so I, I'm curious, what is it you love so much about the Kingdom Death figures that to paint? You know, you know, as I know, everybody who paints professionally, they get burned out, and sometimes they don't they don't want to paint things all the time, or they want to paint things radically different than the stuff they paint for for you know commissions and stuff. But you're you're you are always painting Kingdom Death, and you know it's got to be a real labor of love for you at this point. So what is it about those sculpts yeah. that, that gets you going? I think all the lore behind it is really um, it's able to spark my creativity. The fact that they come out with these art cards, and so I don't have to like imagine my whole concept colors and everything. It's already kind of there and then yeah. if i want to um you know i always can but it's it's sort of because of the um art cards already being out it can be like coloring like a coloring book for me yeah right where i'm coloring on my models but i like the anime style i like the you know the wide-hipped big boob girls and now they're starting to make more hunky men you know, they've got five male pinups now and they have real pinups. Mine are not sexualized. Right. Yeah, yeah. All my minis are <laughs> beautiful, but not sexualized. Right. No one has ever accused a kingdom death of being chased. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these are these are really cool. And I kingdom death was also the first company and and man to tell me, yes, um, we're, we're trying to do this. And yes, it's also complicated, but we're going to try to do it. And then they did it and they did it right. Right on. You know, I had, uh, there were other companies um, that tried and missed the mark because they did male pinups in a male gaze. Sure. <laughs> it just doesn't quite work. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I'm always kind of amused when, the, when I see those models because like, you can instantly tell that it's a model with zero audience, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then it, and then it feels like there's some like they almost and then people come back to me and they say, "Well, it didn't sell." Like, yeah, I wonder <laughs> or, why. There was no call for this, and I'm like, mm, "Yeah, because mm-hmm, they didn't listen to me, or they, you know, took some of it, but then again, right." Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can, I can think of a number of models I've seen over the years that, that meet that criteria. And it's, uh, it's always kind of sad. Yeah. One of the, yeah. One of the companies used to work for made some models that some of them were okay, but some of them missed the mark. Yeah. <laughs> C'est la vie. But, um, yep. no, it's cool. But yeah, so, so lots of kingdom death for you. So, uh, yeah. The, yeah. So I like the sculpts and I also just have a lot of, um, love for the game and 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 the company you know mm-hmm. so and it's the and i have so i i'm an admin of one of the biggest kingdom death facebook groups too so i also um that's a that's one of my communities and so i also like I like the community as well yeah what's like i guess i've never really been near the kingdom death community like i'm more of people painting the <laughs> miniatures but what's it what's it like well we're all a little bit pervy because that's Kingdom yeah, Death. That's Kingdom Death. <laughs> yep. But you know, it's kind of a, in a in a way that's like everybody likes kind of you know anime like that, and then um, so there is like a there's a side that likes to play the game and likes to talk about the rules and stuff, and then there's another side that likes to paint and and post models, and I yeah. always. Um, like I have the, I follow the ta- the Kingdom Death tag on Instagram. Whenever I see a cool painting, I'll invite them to come post it nice. in the Kingdom Death group. And so we 
have a lot of artists in that group and um but even there's a there's a discord that's not affiliated with my group that i hang out in quite a bit Mm -hmm. and it's they're pretty it's just the same kind of people you know we're all just like a little goofy we like board games and um i think most of the people who like kingdom death really really like kingdom death yeah people go hard on it i've definitely yeah i've definitely seen that like <laughs> there's not a lot of casual kingdom death players out there not really no because it's expensive yeah and it's, it's huge right it, like yeah. it's a commitment to get involved with kingdom death it's an expensive and there's something about it that um it's like golfing it well and it kind of uh brings out the completionist in gamers yeah and then there's also that like um FOMO thing because he puts out the limited sculpts and mm-hmm. then it's just, there's a lot it's a <laughs> there's a lot to it there certainly is yeah no I, I, it's cool I I've kind of bounced off it myself I really it, it's a game I I wish I I had the time for I think yeah um I wish I had time for it too yeah <laughs> <laughs> I I'm painting so many of people's commissions I don't have time to paint my own Kingdom Death so I have sure. to I like have to make time to paint it. That's fair. So do you make time for your own painting? Yes. Um, Generally, in a a month, I will always try to paint at least one thing of my own. Um, And um, I've been okay with that. I don't know. I haven't been doing that as much lately because I've been really enjoying my my, uh, commissions. And the people who I've been doing commissions for are really chill and they're like, do whatever you want for that gives me that same kind of flexibility that i do with my own stuff if you get a chance to go to my instagram um and look at my gambler that i painted for my own gambler's chest i, I was really just looking went, at that yeah, earlier today actually i went a different direction with it than a lot of people so if you haven't seen the gambler it's this big ball of like bodies um from, you know they're all like these bodies and they make a ball and the gambler is kind of holding it he's crouched down and he's got a yeah. on one arm and he's holding the ball and it's kind of like an atlas type of sculpt and i was like i don't want to paint a big flesh ball because that's what everyone was doing sure <laughs> so i was like i'm gonna make him a rainbow you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so i did all this rainbow under underpainting and then i was like mm, it wasn't quite working for me so i was like you know what what if what if it ma- i made it look like the the ball is a lantern because lanterns are a big theme right yeah yeah and instead of and the rainbow part can just be part of the light and so i gave it all this shading and um like sepia brown tone so it looks like the ball itself is a lantern and then he's got a lantern underneath his arm that's kind of also throwing off light and it turned yeah. out really awesome and i think it's it's really cool for people to see because they realize they can think you can think outside of the box with these game pieces and not always have to paint off the art card or the artwork or what everyone else is doing yeah, about you know, I I got it, it's a really stunning piece, Shoshi. It's it's an astonishingly well, but it's it's so painterly. I, I actually thought it was a painting when I first saw it on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 stunning. Um, it's mostly airbrush because I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with my own stuff, I have to paint stuff really fast, and like I want to see it finished if it's my own stuff. Yeah. No, it's 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 an astonishing piece. Really beautiful stuff. Thank you. But uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your night, but um, sure. I want to thank you so much for coming to talk to me. And if you're listening, 
uh, please go to showshesminis.com on this week, uh, this coming week on September 28th at 12 p.m. CST. Uh, if you want to pre-order Cat Daddy or get yourself some of the previously made sculpts, um, and they're going to be available for pre-order, I believe, until Sunday, October 1st at 12 p.m. UTC. Yep. Awesome. And uh, Shoshi, thanks so much. We're going to have all of your stuff in the show notes, so please check out Shoshi's Instagram, her Patreon, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I'm really excited to see all this stuff. And thanks again for sending me a cat daddy of my own in advance. Yeah, thanks for having me. The Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm-hmm.